Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Fan Podcast. Wait, it's Pod Four Six Three, uh, and this is the week that Palace drew nil nil with Liverpool to chat through that game. I have Amy Latter. Amy, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello, all good, thank you. Not too bad. You okay? I thanks for asking. You know, oh, I rarely get asked that. But it's nice. That's, this is why I have you on. Exactly. Thank you. No, I'm, <laughs> I am. I'm okay. Actually, I'm not. I've barely slept because uh, both my children are ill. Um, but anyway, let's talk about something more interesting. Palace also here. Jack Pierce. How are you? All right, JD. Happy St David's Day. Oh, lovely. Happy lovely. St David's yes. Day. Happy St Johnny Williams Day. Happy Johnny Williams Johnny Day. Williams Day. <laughs> happy Peter Nicholas Day. Happy Joe Ledley Day. Happy Whoever Chris you Coleman want. Day. <laughs> yeah, happy Chris Coleman Day. Happy, happy Eric Young Day. Eric Young Day. Cool. Do you know yes. the story behind Eric Young playing I for do. Wales? I do. Go on, give you, you go on. No, you do it. Born in Singapore. Yeah. Um, and at the point of when he was a professional footballer, so I understand it, he could have picked any of the countries in the United Kingdom. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and picked Wales. So that was yeah. how he became a Welsh international. I think he got like 30 plus caps, didn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. Good on Eric Young. Okay. Uh, is he picking Wales because he thinks more chance of game time? I must be thinking that. I, was, was he a, I don't know if he was at Palace. Was it like uh, like Chris Coleman? Let's hang out yeah. with Chris Coleman a bit more. But I, thought, I presume it was when he was at Wimbledon. Headbands really famous in Wales, are they? Yeah, Welsh ninja. Who knows? Welsh ninja. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway... We could just obviously reminisce about Eric Young instead of talking about the Palace game against Liverpool because it was fairly dull, but a big point for Palace um, against uh, a team like Liverpool. Before we do that, should we do a drum roll for a random patron shout-out? Yes, a random one. Yes. Here we go. It's Rob Billington. Yeah! Hi, Rob. Yay, hey, Rob. Rob. Uh, you can join our patron like Rob has and get all the rewards, including post-match podcasts, extra content on the main pod, patron-only merchandise, and access to the patron Discord club at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash 
FYP podcast. Uh, and speaking of patrons, two of our patrons, Mark Silverstein and Mike Clark, are taking part in the Palace for Life ride to Villa this Friday, I believe it starts, where people are getting on their bikes and literally riding from Celeste to Villa to raise money for the Palace for Life Foundation. Uh, there's quite a few other people doing it, 45 people in total. So good luck to everyone taking part, and everyone is raising money individually for Palace for Life. So if you want to support Mike and Mark, their fundraising links are in the show notes below this episode. So please do chuck them a few quid if you can. So I'd imagine they'll have very sore legs come kickoff on Saturday. So well done to everyone getting involved. Then uh, people that... Also had sore legs. Wow, that's the worst link I've ever done on this podcast, and it actually doesn't. We'll, we'll judge sense. that. Go on, finish it, and we'll judge you. Should say was the Palace team. I mean, you oh my ninety minutes. Would you? You probably would have sore. Do you know what, Amy? I'm going to say I'm going to give them the plaudits for having sore legs because although it wasn't the best game in the world, uh, Palace put in as they have done in the last few weeks. We know the performances haven't been amazing, and the, the attacking wise hasn't been great. They put in another shift. And I think yes. at the moment that's the bare minimum we can say for Palace, but it earned them a valuable point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a point that obviously before kickoff you'd snap, you know, you snap hander for it. But given the way it went, you actually came away a little bit disappointed. So that's kind of it's a positive and a negative kind of like combined, isn't it? It's a bit of a weird. It's a bit of a weird feeling after that game from the fan base as well. Completely mixed. For what it was on, I'm talking about Twitter specifically. Um, the feedback was very mixed. There was some anger, and there were some people having a little bit more of a bit of a better perspective of the like the bigger picture, if you like. Um, but yeah, certainly, and an amazing shift. I'm somewhere in the middle at the moment. I, I, I'd say I'm, I'm content. I'm not loving life because to love to love life, I'd like to see some goals. That'd be exciting. But in hindsight, which is a bit of a wonderful thing, if you think of the recent fixtures and results, they're they're okay on paper. The results are okay on paper. There's just a little bit of an issue um, up front, isn't there? Beautifully set up for Jack to talk about Jean-Philippe Mateta. I've tried to say well, that in the best French way possible. Beautifully, beautifully set up, and I thank Amy for that. But I'll, I'll pay tribute to Jean-Philippe Mateta by ballooning it over. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, look, I think it's fair to say that he had a better game than he has done in previous weeks, but I don't think that's probably saying much. I, you know, he makes himself awkward for defenders and did hold the ball up better. I'll give him credit for that. I said last week after Brentford's, that was a big issue for him in that game and had been for a few weeks, but he did hold the ball up um, significantly better against against Liverpool. But the two chances he had in the first half, particularly the second one, I don't know what the XG is. Let's not go down the XG route, but that looked like a gilt-edge chance at the, at the Premier League level. You know, he's given the one the where um, Schlupp Jeffrey, down the Jeffrey left Schlupp, sort of squared. Jeffrey Schlupp, yeah. who had a very good game doing the job that I think he was briefed to do in terms of keeping Alexander-Arnold um, kind of at the point of the pitch where we want him. And Alexander-Arnold, when he's hassled and hurried, that he does make mistakes, and he made two in the first yeah. half, in the first 25 minutes. So uh, fair play to Jeff, but that he has to score that. It wasn't even close. I know he clips the bar, but from where he is, that's actually a really bad miss as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the other chance in the first half, not easy by any stretch, but the fact that effort when uh, Alisson pushed out for the corner didn't actually count as a shot on target probably indicates that that wasn't a particularly good effort either. So 
Yeah, from my angle where I sit in the main stand, I thought, oh, that's a really good block from Alisson there. And then was, when I watched the replay is... from behind the goal, I actually yeah. wasn't convinced Alisson got a touch on it. I think he just scooped out for a goal kick. Uh, no, he did a very minor touch by because Allison didn't know where he was because he was putting no man's land by his defender. Yeah. But yeah, really um, poor effort that one. That that was not close to going. But that is a difficult chance um, that, for for different reasons. But the second one in particular, you are expecting your striker to put that away in the Premier League, I'm afraid, and and he didn't. But there are elements of his game where it was an improvement. But ultimately, we're still we're we're still where we're at. And, and Amy alludes to it that. The attack is the issue. I think defensively, we look like a Premier League team. There's no question about that. Anderson and Gay uh, looked very assured again. Mark Gay had a, a very, very good game. Uh, Midfield-wise, Lukonga is adding to that midfield already. Uh, him and Decore at the base look look very good. Um, but up front, uh, yeah, not not really shining in any sense at the moment. So, Amy, I'm looking through all the questions that we got from our listeners. And there's lots of Mateta mentioned, of course. He's mentioned never on his own. He's always mentioned alongside Schlupp and Agu. Now, I think that's a bit harsh on the other two players this week. So I actually think, as Jack said, Schlupp was was a, was a six and a half out of ten, did his job. Can, I, I, qual- I, can I qualify the Schlupp praise? He did his job in terms of keeping Alexander-Arnold occupied. He did he a off- job. He offered no threat going forward. There were times when he had the ball going forward where he literally stood still because he didn't know... What, so again, highlighting how lacking confidence he is. There's one uh, maybe 65, 70 minutes in where he is running and he is looking around to the crowd almost to be told, what, what am I doing next? And he it fizzled out to nothing. I think it dribbled out for a throw-in. So I'm qualifying my Jeffrey Sharp face in that sense. <laughs> maybe that's the way forward. There. I am. It's yeah, an insurance. Well, yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. well there. Maybe yeah. that's the way forward that actually the players should be looking to the crowd and we could it would be like a computer game and we'll just tell them what to do. Left, um, right, shoot, absolutely. pass. Some football fans then, do think they are watching a game of FIFA, so that only adds to that, really. Well, Amy, what are your thoughts on on Mateta? I mean, are you in the same? But I guess we're all in the yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's getting to the point now. Where I'm past anger, and I just want to give him a cuddle. Like I actually <laughs> just feel sorry for him now because he's just he's just out of his depth, isn't he? I think it was a relatively yeah. astute sign-in by Palace. Like we needed to replace Benteke. We thought we were getting a younger better version maybe of Benteke but turns out I want Benteke back um which is another conversation itself um so yeah look it's not his fault is it that he's just not quite up to scratch I don't think it's from lack of effort or anything um the quality just perhaps just isn't there and you know every signing's a risk we've taken a bit of a risk and it hasn't quite worked out um Vieira obviously sees something because he starts every game which is another conversation. Um, should we be starting Edward? But then when he comes on, I'm not actually convinced either. So yeah. I'm not sure that that's necessarily the answer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit concerning where goals are from. But I, I'm hanging on to this hope that Wilf's going to change all that, as we always do. Um, that's okay. Zaha will be back and we'll start winning we're in 3 next week but, um, it's, it's 2023 and we're still I know and we're still going oh but when Zaha's back when Zaha's back yeah but I th- what I mentioned about the defence in the midfield being a lot better is if you think back to when we were losing to Fulham and Tottenham and the goals we were conceding at that point I was you know I thought we were just going to head into free fall and just mm. it was the hope for the next game was can we just not get battered yeah. So I think if we're giving some credit to the team, it's we've sorted out that basic 
um, in, in in this league, you have to be solid. Um, so now let's try and sort out the um, the other side of the pitch. Yeah, and we probably should come on to some players that played well, which we will do, Jack, in a minute. Mm. But I do have a question about Schlapp and Mateta again that I'll put to you. <laughs> but we will, in a minute, we'll come on to Elise and Lokonga, who I think were probably our so best players. Basically warning listeners that they've had enough Schlapp and Mateta chat to... Press forward no, 30 seconds. Maybe hit that, little, hit that little 20 seconds. Hit that little 30. Yeah. They're becoming like the three musketeers. Like you said earlier, you can't mention yeah. one without mentioning the other two. It's like all three of them, bless them. I hope they haven't got Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, well, I, if I was a footballer, I wouldn't have Twitter. I'd, I'd get someone I else. I don't, know why they, I don't know why they bother, honestly. No, I don't know why they bother. I completely agree. Um, we'll come on to Elisa. Lakonga in particular I want to talk about because I think he's mm. he proving to be a very, very good signing. Um and shout out to Anderson as well, but we know Anderson's good most weeks. Um, and Gehi. Uh the Cafe E Patufo account, Jack. One of Hello our again, our friends. Regulars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or should we say Ola? I'd like, like to know whether it's just one person using that or whether the whole town congregate in the cafe <laughs> wait to listen. That'd be good. Are we talking plural or are we talking singular? That'd be good. I'm fairly certain it's singular, but I like the idea that the just whole some confused cafe. Spanish people listening round, to us. Round the wireless. Yeah. Crackly, crackly feed. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to us slag off Jeffrey Schlupp again. Anyway, their question is, are Mateta and Schlupp the hill that FYP are prepared to die on? Yeah, I don't feel one. like we're even anywhere near the hill. No, I think that's a bit of a, a bit of a tough one for us there. I, I do think we give them... I mean, Jeffrey, we've literally had to put an embargo on ourselves naming, and this is for patrons, obviously, because it's in the patron section, but we've almost had to put an embargo on ourselves to stop naming Jeffrey Schlupp as the loser every week. So yeah. I, I think that's probably a hill to, to die on. And Mateta... Yeah, I mean, we haven't been particularly, uh, yeah, complimentary in terms of, of JP's performances um, in recent weeks. So I don't think it's a, a case that we're hiding away from any sort of criticism of him um, or them. Um, uh, yeah, so that would be my answer to that one. But no, if they'd like us to be stronger, you know, we're happy to make a visit and do a, a live performance for them in the cafe and just yeah. go to town. Or well, if they could take a straw poll around the whole village. Yeah, have, a, have a chat with the village and see what their yeah. thoughts are. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's come on to then uh, Jack Lukonga, who started his second game for Palace, I believe, after the Brentford mm. game. Um, looks really comfortable alongside Decore. I said this on the post-match pod, and uh, I'm going to share it for the people on the main feed, because that's just the sort of host I am. Um, but I bumped into an Arsenal fan who lives in my town in the weekend, and he was saying, oh, how's Lukonga doing? And I said, um, oh, yeah, actually, he's not played much, but it looks really good. It looks really good alongside Decore. Yeah. And he said... He said, oh, I like that Decore. That's exactly the sort of player that Lokonga needs alongside him. And I said, well, it's funny enough, Lokonga is exactly the sort of player that Decore needs alongside him. Because I think we're now starting to see him playing a bit more free as well, having this 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 ball-playing midfielder alongside him. For sure. Um, excellent performance. A uh, lot of fans will be the first time they've seen him in a Palace shirt, first home, first home game. Um, and I thought he was he was excellent. He's just very composed in all facets of his game, but particularly when he's in possession of the ball, his his ability to kind of manipulate his his own space by letting the ball roll across him. He did that two or three times. That's a really nice skill to have, but he does it in a part of the pitch where not many players would be able to get away with that. Um, but he's he's very composed. Um, his passing is very decent, um, and he gets stuck in. So for that position of the pitch, that's exactly what what we need. What we needed, in addition to to check, who'd been doing so much of that work by himself. So really pleased to see that partnership forming. Um, just really trying hard not to fall in love with another lone player. 
I was going to say, uh, it's a Gallagher part two, isn't it? Yeah. I did say last week. It is. I did say last week that I think of the two, for what we needed next to check, if you'd said get Gallagher or get Laconga, so many people would have said get Gallagher, probably including myself because the you know the yearning for Connor in a, in a red and blue shirt again. But actually, I do think this is looking like the better bet, even if Gallagher was not available. And I think that was probably the case and Gallagher yeah. may have made himself unavailable. This looks a far better balance with Czech Decoy than I think Conor Gallagher would have been. So I'm really pleased how it's worked out. We're going to see in a couple of weeks' time um, the the impact that Lukonga's had in the team when he's not available to play against Arsenal. Um, and I'm already fearing him not playing in that game. So that's kind of the impact he's had in, what, 60 minutes against Brentford and then 90 the other night. So really positive start for him. Very pleased. Yeah, different player, different player to Gallagher um, in many ways. But Entirely. you're right, does seem to so far, we are it is literally 150 minutes in. So obviously we are uh, very early doors, but it does seem to do well. I'm going to put that the question that Jack just said directly to you, Amy, because we've had it on a question from Lord Fortune 7. Hello, Lord. Hey, okay, Lord. Um, firstly, they say, Lord says, are we better off playing with 10 men than than Mateta. <laughs> Very harsh. I've only just seen that, but it made me chuckle a little bit, but I'm not going to actually put that question to anyone. Um, are we going to fall in love with another lone player? Being Lokonga does feel like that, doesn't it? It does. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer that question you've said you don't want to answer about the 10 men. What about these these guys doing the Villa Challenge with their sore leg? They might do a better shift. When they turn up, one of them might fancy it. Stick Mark up front, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give it a go. It can't get much worse. No, no, let's lay off him a little bit. Um, are we going to fall in love? It looks that way, doesn't it? However, I I spoke to a couple of Arsenal fans um, and, a, and a couple of Palace fans as well. They were saying that Gallagher always did seem a little bit unattainable for various reasons. There's a hint of optimism that this one could end up permanent. Looking at Arsenal's um, recruitment, their midfield options already, who they're like kind of after, we might it might end up a possibility that we could sign him in the summer. So, um, you know, we might fall in love and get the guy. Who knows? Perfect love story. Trying yeah. not to fall in love with him, and Amy's planning the wedding. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I did this with Gallagher, and I learnt my lesson. I have not learnt my lesson. Sorry, should I say? JD's JD's still trying to get Ashley Cole to sign on the dotted line. So, you, know, <laughs> just, you just hope that if if he isn't attainable and he does go back to Arsenal, that they're already thinking, okay, we need to find his his complete replica and sign him um, in an ideal world. I'm actually uh, trying to get Amy Carriage's phone number. Jack, no, <laughs> no veto. I'm going to be your I'm going to be your mate right now. That's saying he's no good for you. He's, he's no good for you. Move on. Move on. Move on. There's better out there for you. There's better out there for you. The thing about Gallagher was, um, and I guess this is always like the risk of a lone player. He played so well. Every game he played, we did well. The chance of him coming back to Palace minimised each time because he just meant he was guaranteed to either go back to Chelsea and play or get a move to a bigger club. Mm. I think Amy's right in, in terms of Arsenal doing so well at the moment that his chances. I mean, if they win the league, they're going to get top four. They're going to spend so much money in the summer yeah. on their squad. His chances are already limited, and so they're going to be even further limited. But I, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, Jack. We're, you guys we're just are taking ourselves that it's going to. Yeah, you're taking me down a very tempting path here. It, I think the difference is Gallagher's loan to Palace last season was still very much part of his development at Chelsea. He had that season at loan on, yeah. uh, at, sorry, season on loan at West Brom, which showed that he was able to to mix it in the Premier League. But the move to Palace was to show whether you could do it 
in a better team and a team not battling relegation necessarily. Whereas Lukonga came to Arsenal in view of, a, of attaining a first team place and, and hasn't. He's very much been a squad player. And there's that clip of, of him as part of that documentary with, with Amazon where Eddie Nketiah says, you need to buckle down. You can't whinge at not getting a space. So I think, uh, I think the Congress, he was, a, sorry to interrupt. He was, yeah, ca- he captained, he captained, he was captain of the team in Belgium that he came from. It, and was it Anderlecht? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he came with a really big reputation. I think there was an expectation that Lukonga would be featuring a lot more prominently for Arsenal. So, Lukonga is at a different point of his own career and Arsenal's perspective of Lukonga is different to Chelsea's perspective of Gallagher, I think, at the same, at the kind of inception mm. of this loan spell at Palace. So, and with Amy, I think there is a, a different conversation to be had if Lukonga carries on. Let's not get carried away. He's had yeah. 150 yeah. minutes in a, in a Palace shirt. Um, Feedback from Arsenal fans that I had a chat with was that for every two good games he has, he'll have a... But his third game will be awful. So, let's let's see... But good luck to all those travelling to Villa be... Park. <laughs> good luck yeah. to the guys on the, right on the pitch. We do need them. We do need them on the pitch. <laughs> but the, the expectation and standards are a lot higher for Arsenal. So I kind of take those comments with a bit of pinch of salt. They expect different. Fair enough as well. Um, we can accept imperfections at our level. I think is the right word. They can't. It might. You know, it might be. And yeah. there was the you know murmurings last year that um, with Connor, you look at maybe extending the loan spell for at least half the season up to the World Cup or for another second season. But maybe Lukonga having half a season with us, and if that works well, then there's another conversation about another 12-month loan into next season and Palace aren't having to invest as heavily. Option to buy. Option to buy. Yeah, but there's no option to buy this time, (laughs) which would suggest that Arsenal are keen to see how this goes before they make any decision on him. Um, But, yeah, very... Actually, then, so if he throws in the odd disaster, might work in our favour. No bad thing. Yeah, possibly. But let's, That's true. Let's not, yeah. yeah, when when do you we want him to play badly? As long yeah. as it doesn't cost us, maybe then fine. Yeah, maybe that's what Jean Philippe's doing. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you just yeah, you're desperate to stay with us. That's what yeah. that's what he is. Yeah. Like, I, I'm I, not ready I, for the top six. I want to stay here. <laughs> well, he told us he will be. But um, yeah, anyway, I I very pleased, and I think it's making um, Czech's life a lot easier as well. Completely agree. Um, we will come on. The work he was doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, doing about four men's jobs yeah. uh, at once. Um, we'll come on to Elise, I think, in part two. We'll have a quick break because we've got loads of questions from our listeners, uh, which we'll come to after this. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 9, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. 
When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Five Plan Podcast. We part two, which is questions from our listeners. Amazingly, we got through part one without mentioning Darren Julius England. I made up his middle name. I have no wow, idea if that's nice. right or not. But three always sounds better. Um, who was ref and was atrocious at the weekend? And I, I don't like doing going in on refs on this pod. We we try not to, but I feel like this is going to be we try not to, but we unavoidable. Weeks. But we yeah. found most weeks. <laughs> We've had numerous questions. The questions I'm going to pull out are from Julian Chenery. Yes. Hello, Julian. JC. Uh, Two-part question. Will Jack have a rant? Forthcoming. Yeah. Uh, Are Jack's rants rantier than Rob's rants? Has he asked that? Yeah, genuinely. Uh, I don't know. No, probably not. No. I don't think they are. No. No. They're a different kind of rant, Mm. I think. Mm. His are more Gallagher, I'd say. Yours are more Laconga. Composed. Thank you. Yeah, more composed. Um, anyway, Patrick Stevens says, hey, Patrick. "Hi, Patrick. Uh, was the ref Klopp's best signing?" Quee. Nice. Come on, then, Jack. <laughs> he was just crap, wasn't he? Like it's just the third game he's had at Selhurst. He had Newcastle at home last year, uh, Leeds at home uh, in April, and then this one. They've all ended. Th- I don't think I'm missing. I think those are the three games he's had at Selhurst. Uh, we haven't lost under him, so you know, kudos to him for that. But some of his decision-making the other night was abysmal. Um, and it was across the board. I, you know, I, I, there were people who I never see tweet or comment or say anything about a referee, you know, and, and they were all going in on him. It was just really inept performance. His control of the game suffered. The game, therefore, suffered. Um, and there were individual decisions that just made absolutely no sense. Um, and I actually put a tweet, I guess they say, which incensed people the most and it was there wasn't a consistent answer it was an array of them which just highlights how many bad decisions you made can i guess what the options guess, were? you can because guess a few of them, as, I was, yeah. as i was typing there three have come to mind immediately mm. and again this doesn't really happen to me for games but let's talk about uh, there was trent kicking the ball away which should have been a yellow card absurd yeah. yeah um and the ref and then he did that he he did that he did that point to his temples that going just yeah. focus mate. Mindset. that's the manager's yeah. job that's not the ref's job yeah i know the ref. it was literally it was a display of a referee coaching a player. Yeah, completely. Which um, you probably see up to about under 10 level at your local rec. And even then it's a bit annoying. <laughs> Let alone, I mean, classic England international being kind of yeah. managed through a game rather than completely. You know, anyone else. Is, is he, he's barely in England international anymore. But anyway, um, 
there was a high foot. I feel like there was a high foot from a Liverpool. I want to say Matic potentially Liverpool player that that didn't get punished very quickly after a Palace high foot. Yeah, did it get was. Punished. It, it wasn't so much the Matic high foot, or was it Fabinho high foot? Um, it was a, a Liverpool high foot in the middle of the park. I wasn't particularly concerned about the high foot, but he'd literally fifteen minutes before that given the exact same foul yeah. against Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your third one, Jim. The Klein yellow card. Yeah, absolutely absurd. Crap. I, I mean, even the commentator from match today goes, uh, yeah. great tackle there from Klein. Yeah. Oh, he's pulling it back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's getting booked. Like, and, 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 and for balance, for balance, he then booked Andrew Robertson in an injury time for another equally good tackle uh, where the studs are on the ball very clearly before any impact on Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew does what he does really well. Um, and we wish him well in ahead of this week's Oscars. Um, but yeah, ultimately... Uh, he's just not a very good referee. He was, he was, I said this before on the pod, and I'm sorry, anyone that's heard me say this before. He was Michael Oliver's assistant referee for a number of years and was part of Michael Oliver's troop that went to major tournaments. So clearly a very established assistant referee and was fast-tracked through to the first tier in uh, of referees through the PGMR. So he's clearly got a good name and he's clearly, you know, impressed as an assistant referee, but as the kind of man in the middle he's not good enough. And I don't think it would be just Palace fans that say that. I th- clearly, if he's if he's as consistent as he is at Selhurst Park, he must be displaying similar levels at other grounds, but nowhere near good enough. And um, yeah, w- when you see his name on the list, it's, it's a sign that the game's going to be a bit of an issue because he can't manage a football match. Yeah, and you're right on the, um, it's not a Palace victim issue here at all. If you look at Twitter and social media, Every week, it's his name coming up, and there's a club that is absolutely livid <laughs> with something he's done or an amalgamation of things that he's done. But yeah, for, I'm glad you brought up Robertson because that was what I was going to say. That for mm. a little bit of balance, it wasn't even just all against Palace. There were some questionable things um, against them as well. Um, yeah. So just a bit of a nightmare. Just thank God it stayed nil-nil, I guess. Yeah, he didn't have a good time. it like that. And it's funny you say that, because actually I think that's why he blew before the corner could be taken at the end of the game, and that's when the game drew to an end. I think there was no one happier that game finished nil-nil than Darren England. That suited him. He probably knew he had a bit of an average game, probably not as average as he actually did, but for it to end nil-nil and to not be berated by Patrick Vieira or Jurgen Klopp, um, everyone's friend Jurgen Klopp, as we know, Jim. Um, But, you know, that, that... idea of him being braided because he either didn't allow enough time or he led to a Liverpool breakaway or whatever, no one was happier than that finished. Whether or not he should have blown up then, I don't know. I know there's lots of Palace fans who have got their stopwatches out and said he should have let the corner go. My biggest gripe about that is Michael Elise's first corner is absolutely awful. Um, and, and that probably was the chance to get in. You know. I know this, this mindset of if that corner was allowed, we would have scored. I'm a little bit like... Uh. I've just seen that one. Yeah. yeah. Would have been think... another conversation about another sitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Michael's legs might have gone by that point. And um, I don't think it, it probably would have led to, to much after the first corner. But yeah, that, that wasn't the biggest issue for me. More was the, the inconsistent managing of the game throughout. And referees are there to officiate and manage the game. And moments of telling Trent Alexander-Arnold to get his head right. It's just, yeah. just looks rubbish. I guarantee if that was Nathaniel Klein, who I don't think I've ever seen kick a ball away, to be honest. So it's unfair to compare it to him. But if the opposing right back had done that, I would have expected Klein to get a yellow card. In fact, that would have been his second yellow card and we'd been down to 10 men after 35 minutes. So uh, anyway, that that's my bit on on um, on Darren England. So Julian, I hope you're satisfied. Um, I was one of those fans getting my, because I have a, 
Casio, which every 38-year-old man should I can't own. confirm um, listening, he is showing us that. But it does, it does, it's good for stand-up because it has the, the, the stopwatch, but I do like to get that's out. Like, There's your jokes on it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All my jokes are Casio-based, like some very <laughs> niche comedy. Um, I, I, I must like watch. My... Very good. Nice. <laughs> very, very good. The face of comedy. Nice. I think mine was stronger, but carry on. Yeah, it probably yeah. was. Um, <laughs> I do like to get my stopwatch out and like when the fourth official and it's confirmation that I've hit like old man hmm. watching realm like but I do like to do it and when he blew he was at three minutes 45 seconds hmm. which is 45 seconds over so I wasn't too this is this is so I'm sorry this is probably the most this boring thing Lucia. I've ever said on no, this it's podcast interesting. I think it, um, it, it but I wasn't of, too fast I was like okay that's probably about right with the extra time yeah it's probably about right I, th- I think it highlights a lot of people are becoming quite um, aware, if not obsessed, with the amount of time the game is not actually progressing during the 90 minutes. And it's a kind yeah. of case in point of how much time Liverpool took to step back after that foul. I think it was nearly a minute from the foul that Andy Robertson should yeah. have been booked for, but was given a foul against, to the free kick coming in. So maybe it should have been played to 90, 94 minutes. Maybe there should have been a chance to take that corner. But we're talking really granular analysis here of, of clock. But there, there is... Um, yeah, there's the increasing volume of conversations about how much time is wasted in the game. And players are kicking the ball away more. Now the balls are there on the cones. It's it's easier for players to manipulate the clock a little bit because they are being a, a little bit sneakier in terms of keeping the ball away from the opponent when there's a free kick. You're seeing it every week now. Yeah, but I mean, everyone does it. It's a, you know, yeah, it's everyone, an, it's, everyone's it's done equal, game management e- for years. Yeah, it's, equal cheat, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think the fact that um, the the... I mean, Palace really were pushing for a winner towards the end there, and the fact that the Palace players were so incensed and Anderson did get a yellow card after the final whistle, Liverpool clearly were happier with the point at the end. I think gives some indication as to actually how well Palace played and how close they were, you know, to getting all three points. So mm. for me, that's a that's a positive, despite the well, I would say actually played the right amount of time, but uh, never mind. Um, Let's move on to talking about something more positive, which is Michael Elise, who had a fantastic game. We're coming back to Lord Fortune. Um, because oh, Lord, Lord has just 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 got all the questions in the same question. Um, are we a better team when Elise isn't tired and forced to play on the right, the left, and in the middle? Amy, I actually don't know where he was playing at the week. Was sort of floating role? Was he out? I can't really remember, but he he did seem to be everywhere in terms of you know in terms of his performance. Yeah, absolutely, he was everywhere, and I think to, credit to him because in the past he's come up a little bit in the conversation alongside Eze with you know effort, commitment, laziness on the pitch. Um, and he's starting to prove all that kind of, that thing wrong. And uh, you know, anyone doubting that side of his game. Um, tiny bit rough around the edges, I think, like we see with like maybe like set pieces and stuff. Um, but that's what you get with a young player um, in the, you know, new to the new to the league. Um, he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? So that is a, he's a major positive at the moment. And um I saw a lot of um, uh, throwback on um, Jamie Redknapp's comments mm. of, of of him after the game, oh, which yeah. I found um, interesting. What did he say? He, he said something. He basically said he needs to learn the Same. kind of harder workings of the game and That's right. be more defensively resolute, which, um, yeah, sorry, Amy, you go on. But cl- classic yeah. Redknapp, classic Redknapp, to be honest. Yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. Red, if yeah, if he wants a chance, to that you know the bigger the bigger teams, you know that's the kind of thing he's going to have to right. work on. And it was just a bit off the back of that performance. It seemed a little bit 
uh, unnecessary. But maybe overall, maybe people took it a little bit to heart. I think if you go back a bit further, he might have had a, you know, he's got a slight point, but um, it felt like a little bit of a dig at an unnecessary time, I think. Um, but maybe, you know, with pundits, again, the same you take with pinch of salt, I think they're paid to say something a bit controversial at times. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so I they, think they, you're they right. They've got to make talking points, haven't they? Um, yeah. That, that comment from Redknapp just, I've, I'll put this out as a, as a tweet, it just struck me as uh, a comment from someone who only watches Michael Elise when he covers Palace on a live exactly, television exactly. match. He, he has no grasp of the development that Michael Elise has shown over the last 18 months. I think physically defensively, tactically, he's a different player to the one that signed, um, but without losing the kind of instinctive brilliance that he has. So that that's really great for, for Palace. Um, but yeah, that comment was a bit off. Vieira has said similar thing. Amy's right. Like there is a point to it. And Vieira has said he needs to learn the game. But what Vieira has also said is that he is learning that and he is yeah. really showing that. I mean, Saturday night's performance, he was the best player on the pitch because he you know, had the kind of ingenious that he has, but he also had the tactical discipline to get back into shape. And and you're right, JD, he was a bit all over the place, but he was predominantly playing through the middle as the kind of the spear of the three in midfield. And and we've talked about that's where we'd like to see Ebbs play, but on Saturday night it was Elise. And and actually I thought he was he was wonderful, apart from maybe a few of the set pieces, which I just touched on. But yeah, he, he really was a positive for us. And, and I'm expecting him to go from strength to strength between now and May. When Eze came on, he got he seemed to get set piece um, priority. So I wonder if there's a bit of a hierarchy there that when Eze's not on the pitch, it's Elise. But um, it would be nice to get some. So, oh, I have said that Elise put in a fantastic cross in the first half, right to the back post that Schlupp. Oh, and some of that, missed, so and, and he Mark does Gain, have it in his locker. Yeah, Mark Gay nearly mm. scores from from a yeah, set piece as well. Right. It's just that when the set pieces are bad, they're really bad. They're really like bad. in the in the ninety third minute or ninety fourth minute. He's clear. He's you know not clear in the first first man where the first man can actually clear it out with his feet. Like it's just not a great use of a wonderful opportunity. But there are other set pieces which were absolutely on point. So you're going to get that with a player of that age. Consistency is that will come. We had it with Zaha, didn't we? We had it with Wilf. This was a constant conversation around him at this kind of stage. Hasn't got this. Hasn't got that. Needs to do this. Needs to do that. So yeah, yeah, it's time. I was going to say that because I think the sorry, Jack. I think the red nap comments i think <clears throat> palace fans for a particularly intense because they felt like some of the comments used to get about wilf back in the day alan shearer i think used to hammer him back in the day and yeah. uh we're all very sensitive of wilf of course we are we're pr- protective of him because we love him so much so i think it it took a lot of us back to jim if you're if, if you're able to i don't know if you can lift the audio but for some people who don't have access to sky sports or people abroad who are oh, watching yeah. that coverage maybe lift that and let people make up their own mind. But I think everyone that was yeah. watching it or saw the clip on socials afterwards were of the opinion that it just he didn't really get it right. Now you've got to work hard in this game if you because if you want to get to that sort of top four, because he's got top four what I would call ability. But right now, has he got top four work rate? Is he going to every game put a shift in for his team when you haven't got the ball when you haven't? And there is sometimes when I feel we can be a bit, bit passive when he hasn't got it. If he can add that to his game. The sky's the limit. He's an incredible talent. He's a lovely footballer to watch. And I think with working with someone like Patrick, just listen to him. You know, just try to get out, try to find out what made Patrick Vieira tick as a player. They're completely different, you know, animals as a player, but they are both so talented. And I think they can, I think Patrick has got so much he can inform that young man with. And, he can, and he can, there's no reason why he can't go on and have a great career in the Premier League and maybe even play for a top six club. He's got that ability. I think the thing about set pieces, and to be fair to Michael Lisa, Set pieces, I think everybody thinks there's going to be a chance created from every set piece. And it's just statistically not what happens. Like, 
goals aren't scored. It's not like hockey where the penalty corner where there's a real increase in chance of of a goal being scored. So um, that, I'll his, be fair to him. Through some of his crosses, that that particularly that one in, the, in on the game in Liverpool, you kind of just think, oh, Benteke. Yeah. <laughs> was that what we were missing when we had Benteke it's just like why can't this all happen at once why can't it just yeah. all align that wonderful um, season second time you've mentioned Benteke this week I know I, yeah, yeah I'm a bit of a Benteke sympathizer and, I'm and the big guilty the big picture on her fridge as well that's a bit weird and the cardboard cut out in the background as well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes I agree with all of that. I was going to say something else and I've forgotten what it was, but maybe it'll come to me in uh, in part three. But uh, yeah, more of the same from Elise, please, going forward, because uh, he is developing into uh, into quite the player. Were, um, were there any other questions that weren't about JP or Schlupp? Was there anything else that anyone wanted to... Honestly, there isn't really, <laughs> but there is one question from Toby Kinder. Hey, Toby. Hello, Toby. And I think this might be a typo. It says, do we diss a point? Oh, disappoint. Yeah, it's, not a, it's a piece of brilliance. What are you really talking did. about? Disappoint. I thought it was a typo. I was trying to say, do we deserve a point or something? Do we dis... Um, Toby, that's beautiful. That's poetry. Amy said at the start, they're good points in this run of fixtures, but maybe we did enough to get the win in that game, but you're not going to begrudge a point at home to Liverpool. And it's just that, again, another unbeaten game at home. And at this yeah. run of fixtures, when you looked at that list of yeah. fixtures and everyone was saying, how many points would you get out of it? Not many people were saying any more than about two or three, and we've exceeded that already. The run of fixes doesn't get easier in the short term, but we are progressing through this awful run week on week, and yeah. we know we're, we're still twelfth. We were twelfth before kickoff on on Saturday. Like the the results on on Saturday before us meant that regardless of our result, we were going to be twelfth at the end of the Liverpool game. It's just it's where just, we are meant to we're be just right destined now. Destined to be there. We just yeah. we've been stuck. Have we been there for weeks? Have, I think we've, we've been moved. there. Um, I don't think we've moved much. Maybe Spurs. Maybe Spurs is when we dropped there. And I think we've been there. We've just been much there since. But that's yeah. kind of it. As yeah. long as you're picking up points, it, yeah. it's okay, isn't it? It's, this is why yeah. I don't get the hysteria around uh, relegation at the moment. Because if yeah. you're if you're get if you're picking up points, generally speaking, you should be okay. Yeah. But what I'm keen to see is how we fare now against the. I don't want to say lesser teams because well, that's the lower arrogant. teams, the but lower teams. the teams around us, our, yeah. our more direct rivals. How do we yeah. play against Villa? This is this is now what I want to see, and th- yeah. that will be more interesting because we're getting away with it at the moment because of the opposition, and yeah. we have been played well, and they're, they're they're good points on paper. But can we now push forward and get those wins against the teams you sh- should? Well, if we if we win. If, if we win on Saturday against Villa, we will definitely finish that weekend 12th as well because we can't go above them and no one can catch us. So <laughs> but to be honest, become, if we stay 12th like for the rest of the season, I'm more than happy with that. I, I think given the yeah. atmosphere around the club at the moment, it would be a good finish and it has yeah. become almost a weird comfort blanket to be in 12th. So, yeah, maybe. I think maybe. that I've said this a few times. I think the the success, whether it be short-term success or longer-term, hopefully not, of the teams like Brighton and Fulham um, and maybe like Brentford, I think that's made it feel worse for us. I think had have Brighton not been top six and having cup runs and they were below us or around us, we'd have a little bit of a slightly different feel about how it is at the moment. But I think it's a bit painful to see to see what they're doing at the moment in, in, a, in a sense. It is weird to see Fulham sixth. I mean, I had Fulham as a yep. real contender to go down. Yeah. But to see a team go beyond their expectations so much, 
Brighton 8th, Brentford 9th, um, Chelsea 10th. Not don't know what they're up to, but anyway. <laughs> um, it, it is weird to see those. And I think you're right, I agree with you, Amy. That is, that is a point. When you can compare teams that at the start of the season we're all thinking, you know, points to be had against that lot and, and it hasn't really worked out like that. And fair play to those sides who have done it. But yeah, 12th. And, and, you know, I've quoted 538 throughout the last few weeks. We actually dropped a percent in terms of relegation risk from 7 to 6% after the results at the weekend. So currently a 6% chance of relegation. Yeah, so... We'll take that. Still worth the tenner then. Well worth a tenner, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We are, you know, there's there's that meme of the guy the guys in the chicken shop fighting and then the other guy on the table just like eating his chicken. <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah. we, that is us. Yeah. Those are the other teams below us and we are just Palace eating our chicken in 12th place on the table. We are the yeah. embodiment of that meme. Yeah. That's it. We are um, just sat in Morley's waiting for the game to... Sat in Morley's yeah. having our nuggets. Hopefully. Having said that, though, the, the, the point, if you look at the points and not the, the position... It's it's getting tight, isn't it? That bottom half is tight, and you do. The concern is you have a couple of a few losses in the, but then again, everyone below you has to then pick up a couple of wins. So it is becoming to that stage where it's a it's a bit. It doesn't work like that. But if you're a real negative thinker, like we often are, um, it, it is tight. If you look at the actual points, you kind of think, oh, it's only six points, but. And then last season, I said this before on the pod. Vieira has a habit of picking up wins when they're wow. needed. Like, we get to a point and you think they've got a win today. I kind of think the weekend is a similar one. Um, and he has a history of of doing it. Did it before Christmas last season. Did it away at Watford, away at Wolves. Like, he seems to time these wins sometimes. So, history would suggest that we will find these points against these teams below us and it would all be okay, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we get that next win... It, there'll be a sigh of relief yeah. and things will feel even you know a lot more a lot different yeah but if you I think Jim you guys covered it on the post-match pod if three of these draws was one win and we lost the other one there probably would be more positivity around the place because we would have yeah. had yeah, yeah, yeah. one performance to hang our hat on a bit and be like yeah that was great when we went to Brentford and won you know that that would that would which be we basically to, did. Oh, the manner I mean, of that is yeah, like yeah. it's the manner of the point, isn't it? Yeah. Like that is the worst way to to. Yeah. to but then it was the a moral of, victory. But the manner of the moral victory, yeah. Um, the manner of the point against Brighton was the other way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. I'm just thinking of a sponsorship opportunity. If you want to name this week's pod, waiting in Morley's, you know they might they might listen out for that. <laughs> they might, might do be. actually. Yeah, they might. It might, it might be the connection I mean, we need. I'm before I was vegetarian. I was in and I lived in Streatham. Morley's was my second home, but. Um, yeah. No longer, unfortunately, on both counts. But never mind. Uh, yeah, Brentford in, in that point. Oh, you's got off lightly today. I've even said the name. But only in relation well, to him having to be mentioned to when schlup- other people. Yes, the three musketeers. <laughs> he got. He, well, got enough of, he got enough of an analysis last week. I think. I yeah. I hammered him on the post match pod, and I, I'm starting to wonder maybe I was a bit too harsh. But you know what? We'll, winners and losers. He might crop up on winners and losers. We'll, we'll, we'll dangle that carrot out for. Uh, the carrots are tangled. Jordan, are you guys? Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. Are you chat? Uh, Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, it is Jordan, are you sponsored? Winners and losers. Welcome back 
Started Crime Podcast. Wee. This is Winners and Losers. It's a patron-only section. So if you're on the Patreon feed, you will hear our winners and losers. If you're on the public feed, you're going to get a clip from the post-match podcast. But you can hear our winners and losers by joining our patron at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-Y-P podcast. You'll also get access to full post-match podcasts rather than a little five-minute clip that you're about to hear now uh, from the weekend with Rob and Selsey talking about that Liverpool game. Jack's got his hand up. Well, no, just Jim, just kudos to, to you guys getting the post-match pod. And this is the dedication patrons get. But I think the post-match pod dropped into people's inboxes about half one on Sunday morning. So looking through my emails on, on Sunday morning, just deleting, you know, adverts that come through and that type of stuff. There's a pod. What are you doing at that time? Go to bed. <laughs> we're, we're too dedicated. There's Absolutely. too much podding to be done. Uh, I mean, that is a half, that is mostly Rob. Uh, I part Shout one. out to Rob then. And then Shout Rob hung Rob. around to <laughs> chat with Selzy. And we know how dedicated Selzy is with, with, uh, with Palace. He's often not back till the early hours because he's uh, doing bits and bobs and then Spe- talking to us. Speaking of Selzy, he went, looks like uh, he had a rather cold night. He went to see one of his uh, cohorts. No, not quite. Well, he's a goalkeeping cohort, but one of his yeah. one of his clients, I guess, in a fraternity. In one of his <laughs> goalkeeping fraternity, custodian. <laughs> Any insert here. Um, at like Harrogate Where's that from? I cut it from somewhere. <laughs> Cartoon or something. Um, yeah, very cold night for Selzy last night. So hopefully he's thawed out since uh, since last night. <laughs> hopefully he does get around. Anyway, um, we'll make that split now. It felt like we came. We should have come closer. Gay, Gay had that chance, didn't yeah. he? As well. It's you know. Well, we certainly had our moments, didn't we? But. I have to say, and this might be a little bit controversial, I don't know, but I'm 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 losing a bit of respect for the manager and some of the selections that he's making. You know, there doesn't seem to be a reward for people that are doing particularly well, like Eze was the best player on the pitch at Brentford last week after he came on for the last half an hour or whatever. And JP, you know, has been very, very, very poor, let's be honest, in, in recent weeks. And he continues to be selected, and I, I find it difficult to see... I think I think it's becoming difficult to see how, how we are going to score goals if we keep persevering with the same 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 things and, and I'm 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 looking at Crystal Palace and I'm sure I'm feeling slightly more positive today than I have done in recent weeks. Um we've won one out of thirteen games in all competitions, so I suppose we can't escape that, you know, in fairness, difficult opponents, you know, no no doubt difficult opponents. I think Liverpool made quite a lot of mistakes tonight and they were sort of almost open for us to to sort of nick the game off them. But what I would say to you is that what's making me feel better is Lukonga, who I felt last week was okay. I wasn't sort of understanding why there were so many boos when he was substituted because I thought he was just... Neat and tidy, to be honest. He wasn't bad, yeah. but he didn't pass forwards very much, and I think probably today not so much. But I thought he did quite well, and I felt that that now, at least for the first time, 
we look much more solid as a team. We look a little bit harder to beat all of a sudden. You know, the two central midfield players and the two centre-halves. And you know I've said to you all season, I've felt that this is how we should play. It's not necessarily my my favoured way, but I think a lot of the managers and coaches get carried away by fashion, let's call it, because it's what other managers and coaches are doing. So, you know, we want to play with a with a six and two eights and so on. We're Crystal Palace, right? I think we play with two sixes and we're very solid and hard to beat. So we've got a good back four then and two and two sixes. And then, you know, having seen what I've seen all season, you know, Ebbs Michael Elise, Wilfred, aside of Edward, are the only four players that have scored more than one goal this season for Crystal Palace. And when I came away from, from Brentford last week, my overriding feeling was we have to play those three players in our team every week. You know, they are our best players. You know, to leave Ebbs on the bench, to leave Elise on the bench, to to um, leave Wilfred on the bench, I don't think we can do because there's no one else in the squad attacking-wise that's anywhere near the level of the three of them. They are our three best players or our best offensive players by a distance. Yeah. You know, it's not close. And then it just comes down to who do you play up front? And I've said to you all the time, I play Jordan Ayew at centre-forward. <laughs> None of them are going to score a lot of goals. Jordan, Mateta couldn't hit a cow's ass with a frying pan, frankly, at the moment. And Edward has really sort of struggled to make an impact, lost his form. So it comes down to the fact for me, of which one of the three is actually going to provide us with the best outcome. And I think Jordan's hold-up play will actually make Wilfred, Eberechi Eze and uh, Michael Elise better for the fact that he can get into the final third, secure the ball for us. At least we can get final third entries and our best players on the ball around the box. I think it's the only way because it's, it's really difficult to see us scoring goals prolifically during the year. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. The Aston Villa 3-1 victory in August. Have we scored three goals in any other game this season? No. Was it... Uh, JD mentioned Bournemouth. Did we score two, two goals in that one? Two. We scored two against yeah. Bournemouth. And that's it. We scored two against Wolves. Beat them 2-1, didn't we? Yeah. Who else have we beaten this it's, season? It's just been a bit... I mean, our la- we just lack a bit of, of bite and attack um, in recent... Especially with Wilf not being in the side. I was saying the f- in one of the parts, the earlier parts, without Wilf, we basically lose a huge amount of balance from the attacking portion of the team. He's hit rock bottom. So, can you, starts, can you um, make as Yaz famously said, go on. <laughs> the only players out that was Yaz, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, that was Yaz. Yeah. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. And now we've got to pay the PRS license for another <laughs> Thanks, Amy. That's 800 quid. Last week, we ended with the song. Should we end with The Only Way Is Up? Do, we, yeah, do as, long, as much of as you can pay before their lawyers start coming knocking. I think it's 30 seconds. So I'll just do 30 seconds of The Only Way nice. Is Up. And nice. Someone messaged me and said uh, they really liked the, the, the outro song last week. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll make that more of a, more of a thing.
Was it the person who gets royalties from whatever we played last week? <laughs> well, it was a long good Friday, wasn't it? It's a long so, good yeah, it was Mr. Friday. Bob, so, Bob uh, Hoskins, Bob Hoskins Bob, estate. Mr. B. Hoskins. The <laughs> estate <laughs> of. estate of Bob Hoskins. <laughs> anyway, I think that's probably a good place to round off our uh, winners and losers. Um, if you want to hear those. Join the patron. Uh, after the break, we're going to preview um, a very big game at Aston Villa. We part four. It's Villa away. Uh, one of those teams that we said earlier who are obviously in and around Palace or below Palace in the table. Uh, so three points is needed. Uh, Jack, what uh, formation are you expecting from the riders riding? I knew you were going to do. I'm just going to damn it. I was going to do that. Um... <laughs> We've probably too long together now, haven't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, ask me a. A question that I don't have something lined up for already, please. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. I know so little about cycling. I couldn't even tell you what formation. Uh, I don't what, know. One, 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 one. I don't know. We need to call Mike Wicks. Call Mike Wicks into the call right now. Okay. What are we expecting from? I know that's a real stock reporter to a manager. Uh, what's your thinking? What's your thinking there? Um, <laughs> I, I, it's probably going to be Mateta. It's going to be unchanged, isn't it? It's probably going to be unchanged. Yeah. I mean, we look forward to Lokonga. We're going to brace ourselves for Mateta. The only thing that could influence a change is whether Wilfred Zaha's had more minutes on the training right. training this week. Because yes. he was... Are there photos? A, well, no, but there were Vieira's comments before the Liverpool game that he was in contention for a squad place. And Vieira said that they didn't want to risk his hamstring a week earlier than they needed to, which is... Very sensible. A hamstring injury is one that can go wrong very quickly if they're rushed back. Um, so could see Wilf feature, whether it's from the start or not, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Wilf coming in obviously <laughs> increases our quality hugely. So um, any chance of Wilf featuring is um, is a positive thing. And that um, means one of the three musketeers probably drops yeah. out. Oh, They've broken up. <laughs> who, drop, who drops out? They all get. They all leave. They. Um, we'll see. Either one of us or all of us go <laughs> play with nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. He. Uh, yeah. He would probably come in for. Possibly, he probably would come in for Mateta, and and Will for IU kind of occupy that central number nine point of view. Mm. Possibly. I don't like Will um, as number nine. No, neither do I. But. Um, he's played it away um, West Ham and Chelsea this season maybe introducing him back to the team you wouldn't want to play in there I don't know yeah. but if you bring him in it doesn't really matter <laughs> he's an improvement on whichever of those three you take out <laughs> just put him anywhere um, please unless it's that kind of Jeff defensive resolve that he provides that Vieira really clearly likes um, and, and then Ayu does that so maybe it would be Mateta but what we are facing is a banging form striker in Ollie Watkins. So um, five and five, five and five. Um, he's a very first player to do that in the Premier League. In the Premier League, well, that's when football began. So ever, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't say that to Villa fans. European, <laughs> European Cup winners, don't forget that. <laughs> you'll um, never sing that. You'll never sing that. Yeah, can't wait for them to sing that. But, yeah, that'd be great. Love that. Have we Villa ever fans. sung? I was on another podcast this week. Um, have we? Yeah. Plug it. Have we? Plug it. 
Do it. Um, okay. If you can remember the name of it. <laughs> it was... Um, the 90s one. The... Alive and Kicking. Yeah. That's what it's called. Was. Yeah. Jamie uh, thinks of the Ash Rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, look, good, really good fun. Lovely guys. Um, uh, have we ever sung, as Palace fans, um, Zenith Data Systems winners, you'll never sing that? Because I feel no, like there's a good we chance. we should sing it. We, we should absolutely sing it. Because no one else check. can win it. <laughs> there, there were four or five seasons of it, yeah. so we'd have to make Forest. sure we were playing. Forest won it, didn't they? They've won it, and I think I want to say Everton possibly won it. No, we've no. been maybe we beat Everton beat them in the final. Oh, anyway. If only there was a portal to information readily available at <laughs> our hands. Let me, I'll check that while you guys carry on. Uh, I want to. I feel like Leicester are in there as well. Possibly may have, have won it, but anyway. Point being, there won't be many opposition fan bases that we can come up against that will have won it. So um, I agree with Amy. I think we should uh, flaunt it as it's all okay. we've got. This is a shout out to the HF. Yeah, get going, guys. Get it, get it done. Do you yeah, do you want to do you want to hear the winners of the Zenith Data Systems Cup? Can I guess? Am I right with Forest? I'm right with Forest. Uh, yes, twice. Le- Leicester. Twice. No. And how many winners have there been? Six, you say? So 85, 86, 87, 88, 87, 88, uh, 88, 89, 89, 90, 1991, which was us, and then 91, 92 was the final season. So there were seven winners. Forest won two. Another club I'll be honest, I've already, I've already lost interest. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read it out. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, um, that's when they started. That's when Abramovich come on a bit, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, Abramovich. Abramovich noticed them. Blackburn well, Abramovich Rangers. was famously a big fan of the Zenit yeah, yeah. in the eighties. So, so basically, as long as we don't sing this at when we play Chelsea, Blackburn Rovers, Reading, or Forest, we're, we're right. good to go. So get only two of those in our league. So yeah, easy. Yeah, there you go. Listeners are very quickly pressing thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Should have warned them. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the game. <clears throat> Should have warned them. Yeah. Um, Wolf comes in, then Amy does that. You know that obviously increases Palace's chances. Of yeah, winning. of course it does. I think with or without Wilf, I think even though we've just said it's you know we're entering that phase of it being more winnable, if you like, on paper, I still think obviously Villa are going to be the favoured side in this fixture given it's at home for them and obviously the form of Watkins. But if put it this way, if Wally Watkins is our player and he just scored five and five, I'd be preparing myself law of averages, he's not going to score in the next game. So I'm going to go with that. And, and I saw uh, I saw some Villa fans some Villa not going to keep account. scoring, surely. Come on. Some Villa fan tweeted Crystal Palace haven't won in 2023. Oh, Eyes yeah. emoji dot dot dot. So exactly. all, all club fan bases think the same have, way. We have the same mindset, yeah. But I agree. Law of averages. We do a win. He's got yeah. to stop scoring. Who knows? It's a, it, to be honest with you, with every fixture now, whether it's top or bottom, you just look at it and go, I don't know. It's you just you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what. Seasons. You don't know who or what's going to turn up on either side or what ref's going to turn up. So you just have to just hope <laughs> Let me put this. Let me put it. Well, it won't be down in England, I assume. If it is, then it's I think Craig, we'll just it's Craig quit Paulson. football. Is it really? Paulson, so it doesn't get much better. But yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll put this question to you right at the end. So I don't know, you've got to go, Jack. Um, I say Eze is a vibe. Our favourite. Yeah. Favourite listeners. Yeah. Who's scoring at Villa next week? And why is it JP twice? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, keep thre- I keep threatening this. I keep threatening this. There'll be a big apology when he next does score. We want to apologise. We want yeah. to apologise, JP. We're desperate to apologise to you. Um, yeah, it, it possibly will be. That's him. the last time he scored, isn't it, against Villa? 
Yes, it's only league goal this season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that so was an exceptional performance. It was an exceptional performance against Villa at home. So hopefully the same opposition inspires a similar level of performance because that was that was great. And we haven't really hit the heights of that performance since since then. So, um, yeah, hopeful, but it is very much a mid-table clash. The only thing we can guarantee, Jim, with this fixture is that Efna Coco will be the co-commentator on the world feed. <laughs> I wouldn't say that we'll end up 12th, but no, that's a much... Well, if, if, we win, if, if we win, we are guaranteed another week at 12th, in 12th. And I'm actually going to be quite sad when we're no longer 12th, so... Well, as long as it's 11th. We'll be 4th and Jack's going to be miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah everyone's booking their flights to, to Madrid and Seville and places, and I'll be like, God, I yearn for 12th. I, I just want to go to the, Bournemouth it'll, away. It'll, yeah. It'll be, the, it'll be the new I miss the championship. That's what it'll yeah. be. So. <laughs> I miss mid-table. I miss the 12th. Right, well, we'll get those T-shirts made. We're never too late. One on pre uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure um, having you both on. Amy, great to have you on, and hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Jack, great to have you on as well. And um, Jim. I'm sure I'll see you again very soon. Hopefully we'll be well. talking about goals. Goals. That would be Goals nice, wouldn't wins. it? Goal of the month. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Goal of the month, yeah. Not just Hang on, one we... option. <laughs> what, how many goals did we get last month? We, we scored uh, Brentford. One, we scored, yeah, definitely. United. Yeah. Oh, there was a few. Yeah, they're there. coming. It'd be nice. Right. If, yeah, just alongside a win, you know? Yeah, agreed. It's more the I think, vibe. I, I think a win would change the feeling massively. Everything. Yeah. I agree. The point Sally's ticking over, so that's all good, but a win would change everything. I agree. Good place to end. We'll be back next week, of course, reviewing that game and patrons get the post-match pod at the weekend immediately. Uh, but until then, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. Podcast Network.